0: Hello, I'm Steve Martin and this is the Earshot Creative Review, the monthly podcast where you hear great radio production and meet the people behind it. And this month, two leading professionals from different parts of the radio industry. David Couch is Managing Director at Maple Street Studios, the yes. audio creative agency. Hello there. I am indeed. And, and <laughs> used to work at uh, Global. Yeah, I
1: came from Capital Radio Group and then through Global and then I was lucky enough to take a two-year career break to go travelling <laughs> around the world, uh, which I can recommend to everybody. And then, yes, we have recently resurfaced at Maple Street Studios. That round-the-world trip wasn't where you picked up your accent, though? Ah, no. I originally come from that great hotbed of world-leading media activity in New Zealand. Is that so- and what's the focus
0: of your work currently at Maple Street?
1: Maple Street Studios is a really nice little audio creative agency. Although it is quite uh, radio focused, actually, it is an audio agency. So we make uh, podcasts. We uh, like in the last couple of weeks, we made podcast in Cantonese for a client in China. We've been recording campaigns in Italian, and I suppose my focus, like like it was previously in my Capital days and my GCap days, is to just. You know, improve the standard of our creativity, try and do some new and groundbreaking things, and uh, make our clients money.
0: Brilliant, thank you. Uh, also with us, the radio futurologist, James Cridland. James is the man behind Media UK. He's a trustee of the Radio Academy. Work with Pure and with Boo. Indeed. It's very good to be here. Now, I know you've picked up awards in the past for... Your creative writing and production so perhaps i'm just thinking perhaps copywriting is the (laughs) the one thing that the three of us have in common we've all done that at some point in our careers yeah so that is the common blend we have all dealt with the mastery of words and the bastardry
2: of clients indeed absolutely
1: (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes.
2: <laughs> we all doubtless have stories about about our voiceovers arriving drunk in the studio at two yes. o'clock in the afternoon yes. to record a,
0: a, a particularly com- confusing script. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think we can quite easily create a list of artists we should only book in the mornings. <laughs> <laughs> and also in this podcast, we'll be announcing the winner of the Cow Moo Challenge, and a little later, some important news. So uh, let's just get our important news music ready. <laughs> Mm, No, it's not quite there, is it? Not important enough. Leave that with us. David, let's turn to you first. Um, A lot going on in creative radio at the moment. I know we're going to hear some of your audio, but I do want to ask, first of all, about product placement. Yes. Uh, For radio creatives, how worried should they be that the money's going to move out of spot advertising? Uh, I don't think they should be worried it's going to move
1: out of advertising, but I I think with... uh, I should say that with my commercial hat on, I really am embracing the idea of product placement. Uh, However, yes, with my creative hat on, I'm not so much embracing it as I'm kind of holding its hand in a slightly nervous manner. Because uh, I was thinking actually, as I was walking down here about that, Now, you think when sponsorship tags first began and, you know, you could sponsor something and you had six words and you had to say it very concisely. And now sponsorship tags are sometimes like 20 words long. They're like little radio ads attached to sponsorships. And I have this, this, and, you know, fair enough, that's clients getting more and more and more out of every pound that they're spending. You know, and I appreciate that's their role. But uh, it, it, it worries me that it might start off. You know, very nice, very casual, the odd little mention, and then it will just become more and more staged and more and more information laden, and it could start to sound really naff.
0: How do we mitigate against that possibility as radio people?
1: Look, I mean, we are ultimately in control of our editorial content, and often the decision to make compromises based around money. It's like, OK, times are a bit tight, we used to say no to putting a chainsaw campaign on the breakfast show. You know, now we're going to take it because we need the money. And so, you know, no client ever gets their message on air without ultimately us saying it's okay to do so. So I think it will still come down to the media owner, you know, to the, to the radio station to decide what to do. So short answer, we can control it. It's just our decision how much we decide to, you know, compromise for the pound.
0: Plenty of radio stations recently have been slapped over the wrist by the regulator for undue prominence. Does it mean the end to those concerns? I, I, I'm pretty sure that radio
1: will embrace this soon. Look, product placement is everywhere. You know, it's every pop star you see every sports star you see you know it's been in the movies for 90 years you know movies don't get made these days unless there are four or five products already signed up to it you know everybody is so used to expecting to be given some kind of endorsement by somebody it makes utter sense that radio being an entertainment medium will do exactly the same
0: thing james what what can radio learn from other platforms where these regulations have never existed
2: well, I think I think radio is already available on many of those platforms where those regulations don't actually exist, and to be able to point from your broadcasts to a full length podcast, to be able to point to you know more information on the web, more information elsewhere, you know that's obviously a great step forward um, and a great way that um, you know that radio stations can actually monetize more of this stuff. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you're absolutely right when you're when you're talking about music radio particularly being very product-led anyway. I mean, you know, what, 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 what is the brand-new song from X-Artists? What's, what's the brand-new album from you 2 if it's not a product placement? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Point well made.
2: <laughs> Hurrah!
0: Brilliant. Well, let's, uh, let's hear what you brought along, David. Yeah. OK, well, my first track is one that I really like. <laughs> you make it sound like Desert Island
2: Discs.
1: <laughs> 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 ah. And if you're listening, maker of Desert Island Discs, no. um, It is a campaign for Cuervo Tequila. Now, look, I put Cuervo Tequila in the same kind of brand category as Gillette and L'Oreal in that they could be on radio anytime they want, but they're very, very visual brands. So to them, the idea of communicating their image in sound is often just a step too far. Now, we had tried to get uh, Cuervo Tequila on air a number of times, No-go, radio, not even on the plan. And then we got a sniff of an upcoming push to promote the concept of mixing uh, tequila and cola. That was the thing. They wanted to launch something new, the idea of that. And, well, that sparked an idea, led to a concept, which led to a really nice campaign written by Wayne Smith and produced by Justin Sanders. And this is how it sounds. Mixing. It's all
2: about giving the crowd something fresh, something unexpected. You've got the chirp, for example. then he got transforming then <laughs> you might want to hit him with something like a crowd
0: it's
2: all about putting things together the crowd don't expect like Cueva and cola nothing mixes better Cueva and cola strange but true
0: Hey, as a radio guy, as a production guy, that's delightful to listen to.
1: Yeah, and what's really nice about that is I read a quote a while ago from some guys who work in CGI and film, and they said, we've done our job really well if you don't notice our work. And actually, you have no idea, hearing that ad, what went into making that campaign. And I won't go on too much about it, but in short, this is one of the reasons why I really like the campaign, not just the fact I think it matches the brand with an idea, with the Mm. right environment... But actually, uh, Wayne Smith, who who wrote that campaign, uh, actually went down to the world DJing competitions that were taking place, hung around all day long, found three different DJs, talked them into the idea of coming into the studio to do the mixing for us, but actually we didn't have anything to mix, so actually we pressed a record. So we pressed a record of Cuervo so they could mix it into the brand, and so, so the, the pre-production, to use a very good technical term, that went into that was, was pretty great, and in the end we had the studio set up, we had all these mixing desks, we had our own record, we had it all together, and everything just came together into a fantastic
2: campaign. Wow, I mean that's that's really impressive. Was that on vinyl?
1: Yeah, yeah. We mixed, we made oh, a record on vinyl. How cool is that? Vinyl.
2: That that's that's clearly the future.
1: That's
0: keeping it real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What was the reaction from the client? Uh, well, we well
1: the the, the the biggest compliment was the fact that they ran it. I mean, we at the time were the only creative agency outside of their global agency to have made any creative for that brand. So they ran it. Uh, it was a good success for them, and uh, they what well, they rebooked. What more can you say?
0: Okay, item number two, please.
1: Well, item number two is not the most amazing piece of creative you're ever going to hear, but that's not the point. I wanted to talk today about uh, Spotify, so Maple Street Studios. We've been making maybe two or three campaigns a week, every week, for Spotify. And I thought, given we have spent so much time talking about radio, it would be interesting to think about this different environment, because... Radio is all about standing out. You talk to any client, you know, it's like, I want to stand out on the radio, I want to stand out in the break. You know, and that's the reason why you have so many radio... You know, everyone's got to yell in a radio ad. You know, and to be fair, you're competing with the advertisers in the commercial break. You're competing with uh, station-led advertising. You're competing with, you know, all so much stuff in that environment. Whereby, in Spotify, we think it's much less about standing out and more about fitting in. And uh, here's a good example, and we'll talk about why.
0: I love the freedom and passion of summer music festivals. And I love the retail therapy of shopping malls. But what if you could combine the two? What? The festival vibes, the buzz, the whole experience? With good parking, decent toilet facilities and no getting your tent nicked. It's impossible. It's B-Fest, the free music festival at the Bentall Centre in Kingston this weekend. With the Dolly Rockers, FDM, The Scarlet, Friction and Britain's Got Talent finalists, Portland, all playing live. Fest. I see what they did there. So I can listen to two days of free live music and still pop into Zara or Dune while I'm at it. And B-Fest as festival fashion tips from top stylist Joe Wilson.
2: How to still look good when caked in mud? Exactly.
0: B-Fest at the Bental Centre in Kingston this weekend.
2: For the full lineup, just click on the link.
1: Yeah, so with an advert like that, instead of, you know, instead of yelling at you to make the product more exciting, and I'm being a little... Harsh there because obviously not all radio ads are like that. Not all of yours, I'm sure. No, certainly not at all. Uh, we think, you know, it's more like you're happily enjoying the environment, along comes an ad, we pop into your ears for a little bit, we tell you something pretty cool. If you like the sound of it, you click on the link straight away, and if it's not for you, back to your music, no
0: harm done. A Spotify's business model actually relies in part in people trading up from the basic package to the premium package. So, surely it's in their interest for the ads to be awful. I agree. I have to say, actually, if you think about it, you know, they,
1: the whole point of their of their business model is exactly that: spend a little more, escape the ads. I d- another thing you don't know, but it's uh, very interesting, by the way, is that you can uh, you can plan your campaign on Spotify by postcode. So you can literally go: I'm a shopping centre. These are the six postcodes around me. All the users in that environment—that's who we're going to target. And I actually think that's a very, very, uh, very powerful uh,
0: you know offering. If it works, I mean, James, is the underlying technology of the internet accurate enough to ensure that targeting is, is accurate in itself? It is when, you, when you're asking
2: your users to register, because obviously assuming that the user is correct, and, you know, Virgin Radio had an awful lot of VIPs who lived in Aberdeen. I couldn't think why. Oh, yes, AB1 is at the top of the postcode <laughs> list. Um, but no, if, it, if it's correct, as it probably will be in, the, in terms of, um, of, of uh, Spotify, I mean, I remember li- listening to an ad and being quite bowled over hearing an ad for a housing complex that was one mile away from my house and thinking, wow, that's really relevant. And I think that's something that new platforms really allow you to do, to allow you to be uh, far more targeted in what you do and far more relevant to really get the most out of your advertising spend.
0: Well, let's talk about that, James, with traditional radio stations in mind. So if you're, if you're running a station now or you're running the production department, creative advertising department at a radio group, then what are the things that you should be looking out for right now to ensure that businesses like Spotify don't take your revenues away?
2: Well, I think firstly, it's getting that relevancy right Um, so there are various things that you can do right now to ensure that your ads are relevant. A relevant ad is great content, an irrelevant ad is an interruption. So I've lost count of the amount of times I've been listening to a radio station on DAB, and it sells me the benefits of DAB. I already know the benefits of DAB. I've got a bloody thing, you know? So please don't try and sell me something that I have already bought, um, is hugely important. Um, and so quite a, lot, uh, quite a lot of it, I think, comes down to the schedulers and comes down to people that actually make sure that the ads go out in the right place. I, w- I was listening, um, I think it's probably fair, even though they're one of my clients, to name and shame, uh, LBC this morning, who uh, James Whale is sitting in all week for the excellent Nick Ferrari, um, James went into an ad break the first ad, the first ad in the break was an ad for listen to James Whale well every week on drive time and that's just <laughs> sloppy, it's not even clever it's just sloppy, that's not the copywriter's uh, fault but, that's, but I think copywriters need to talk far more to those who schedule where the ads go if you're, if you're going to look at what copywriters I think should uh, think about, a lot of it comes down to calls to action and so, you know, in, in the ad f- for the Bental Centre, the call to action there was click the link. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm listening to music, I'm not necessarily always in front of my PC. So I wouldn't have been able to. Um, I wouldn't have been able to run back to that PC click and click that link. You know? So I think, I think actually making, making sure that the ad works, making sure that it's really easy to interact with that ad is hugely important.
0: Advertisers who take out banner ads on websites will judge a certain amount of the success of the campaign through uh, clicks. But also there's something about brand awareness, isn't there?
2: I think whenever you go to an advertiser, and I used to do this an awful lot with, um, with lo- local advertisers in Sheffield, in Bradford and in Hull when I used to write r- radio commercials up there, you go to an advertiser and they say, what are you looking for? And they say, brand awareness. And I said, okay, so you don't mind if nobody buys anything. And they go, well, no, I mean, obviously, we like, we like people to buy things, lad. And you go, okay, well, so are you actually looking for brand awareness at all there? And, and certainly for... The majority of local radio advertisers, the majority of advertisers who run businesses, run very small businesses, they can't afford to put 20 grand away on pure name uh, name awareness. Frankly, name awareness comes with um, being on the radio every day for a year, which is how you should properly advertise on the radio. A long, long time ago, I, w- I worked with a brilliant uh, copywriter called Dave Gilbank, um, and uh, Dave wrote an ad once for a uh, company called Alibaba Carpets and Furniture who are in uh, Bradford. And um, he wrote this ad, and Alibaba Carpets and Furniture basically didn't believe the radio advertising w- w- would work for them at all and said, OK, um, uh, we, d- we don't really think it's going to work. Um, prove that it works and we'll, and we'll buy on your radio stations." So he wrote an ad which was, you, you get whatever it was, 15, 20% off if you say bar, bar. And he had lots of people going, bar, bar every time you said Alibaba um, as a result lots of people came into his store saying bar bar but also lots of people whenever he went to the pub whenever he wandered around uh, in, the, uh, in the area all shouted bar bar at him because it was awfully funny um, and so uh, and so as a result he bought on that radio station for years and years and years you know measuring, measuring how well the ad works is so so important yet loads of great otherwise brilliant copywriters kind of forget some of that stuff my biggest bugbear and you're talking about response here my biggest
1: bugbear is this whole idea of spending two-thirds of the radio ad you know enticing people getting them to want to buy the product and then throwing at them a response method that they have no chance of remembering or receiving And I actually see that in national advertising more than anything else. You know, massive production values, really nicely cast voice, beautiful writing, oh, and here's a phone number and here's an email address and you can do this. And to me, that's like putting, you know, a massive billboard up on the side of the motorway with a fantastic picture and then putting the client's name, you know, in black and white in the bottom right-hand corner. And it surprises me, it saddens me day in and day out when I... When I see those things,
0: so we can't always control what our advertisers want, or indeed what they get in some cases. But we can, as radio stations, control our websites. W- what should we be doing with our websites to ensure that we're getting the maximum promotional value out of them right now? If if you look at some radio station websites, they
2: are almost de- almost completely removed from the radio station. Um, the the truth of the matter is that the most imp- Important things that people go and have a look at on your website are, boring though it might be, pictures of the DJs because yeah, they I mean. really want to find out what they look like. Um, more information about them, what the program schedule is, and, and what the frequency is, you know. I, and I I I I went to the uh, newly rebranded Talksport.co.uk, um, uh, the new website for uh, Talksport. 1053 and 1089, uh, which is their medium wave frequencies. Do not appear on that website once. Now, if you're running a radio station website, um, surely the number one priority from that radio station website should be to translate your online visitors into trialling your radio station. Part of that is tuning in online, yes, but part of that is also telling them how they can find this radio station on other platforms. And I find it amazing that there are lots of radio stations out there who forget to put the frequencies on, forget to put how you can actually tune in, forget that, um, that you know, people are away from their c- computers every, every now and again and might want to tune in t- to this particular station. So getting the, the real basics, the ABCs, right uh, about the web is, you know, hugely important. Who's doing it well at the moment? Oh, crikey. Um... So, I mean, a couple of examples, not, not from the UK, but, I mean, a couple of examples are um, the Osterio stations in, uh, in Australia, as you might have guessed from the uh, name. So all of their stations, a good example is Today FM in uh, Sydney, which is the number two, and then D-A-Y. Um, they, for example, every single stunt that they have on their breakfast show on Hamish and Andy, who do, who, who do drive time over there, um, every single stunt has a video element and has a you know, photographs element and everything else, which is a great way for the radio station to link back to that website, um, but also really you know, allows those people, that, that those P1s that really want to be immersed in that, to find out more m- more information. I do think that you need to be careful, though. An example um, f- from over here... Um, they put um, TV cameras into the Chris Morrill's studio for a week. Now, I know Chris, and Chris is a lovely man, but he got moderately carried away with the cameras. And so what you ended up listening to is you ended up listening to the soundtrack of a show that he was doing for the TV cameras rather than a brilliant piece of radio. Um, And so there's that balance of remembering... You know, there are some radio stations that that think they're... um, that think they're not just radio stations, they're online brands, they're blah, 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 and everything else. I I reckon that if 85% of your revenue comes from the radio station, you should probably concentrate on that radio station experience and not let the the fripperies like... You know, having a uh, having a vision mixer and, and three cameras in your studio stop you from creating a fantastic show.
1: I mean, ultimately, you are right. It's all about the magic of sound. And, you know, and you know, if in five years or ten years from now every single person is listening to the radio via their mobile phone, doesn't mean we're suddenly mobile stations. We're still radio stations. We're just accessing it that way. I, you're right. It's all get the audio content right. Doesn't matter what platform it's on. Get the audio content right. And then all the other platforms are just different and more interesting and inventive and fun ways to interact with it.
0: And, of course, if Chris Kimber at the BBC has listened to this and wants to come on and defend what happened with that visualization project, <laughs> well, Chris, you know where we are. Well, James, you've, um, you've brought along a piece of audio which is about, I guess it's about education, isn't it? Helping people understand change in this fast-moving digital world. It kind of is. I mean,
2: when you have a look at um, where uh, new platforms are heading, whether that's DAB, whether that's the internet, whether that's HD radio in the States or any of the other ways of broadcasting radio, one one thing which is becoming clearer and clearer is that actually launching brand new brands is very difficult in this cluttered media environment. What's better and easier is to launch extra brands from brands that you already know. So... Um, the ABC, for example, have launched um, a lot of very short-term radio stations, which are based around specific things. Whether it's the anniversary of the Beatles breaking up, whether it's the anniversary of Woodstock, of the moon landings, you know that kind of thing. Austereo uh, in 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 Australia launched a radio station um, which was specifically around the Hamish and Andy uh, show, and was a full 24-hour a day version of of that and i think adding extra brands from existing radio stations is a very interesting and compelling way of really driving take up of new platforms but also keeping your audience sticking with your brand as well so if you look in the uk there's radio one extra there's uh there's uh five live sports extra and so on um, Absolute Radio, I thought, have done something very clever here they've, um, they've uh, for brilliant marketing reasons they've sorted out the, um, the, uh, the Premier League uh, coverage so they now have full coverage of the Premier League but they also didn't want to lose their audience who enjoyed rock and roll football which is just music and sport as well so this is what they've ended up doing
0: the genie of eternal knowledge. What universal truth do you seek, old mortal northern one? Well, I love listening to rock and roll football on Absolute Radio, right? But I am a bit confused, I have to admit, about how I listen to the live commentary. Well, you tune your DAB
2: radio to our new service, Absolute Radio Extra. Or listen on 12.15am. There you will find the dulcet tones of Jim Proudfoot
0: and full match commentary. All right, but what if I just want music and goals?
2: Well, you stay tuned to Absolute Radio on DAB Nationwide or 105.8 FM in London. Can I listen online? Absoluteradio.co.uk. Now, I must take my leave. I left a
0: bun in the oven. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Ian Wright, where do I find him with his post-match reaction? You can't escape from him. He's everywhere, on all stations. Absolute Radio. David definitely not doing what you talked about earlier, which is sticking all the uh, call to action in the last five seconds. There, <laughs> it's spread out throughout the whole creative.
1: It definitely is, and I think Absolute Radio as a brand is fantastic. By the way, the, you know, you're talking about these sub brands. You know, they've got Absolute Nineties, Absolute Eighties. They've got Dabble. I think they, you know, they are at the moment the most consistently creative and innovative radio company in the UK at the moment and uh, I just want more people to listen to. The Earshot Creative Review
2: with With Steve Martin The Earshot Creative Review Great radio production and the people who make it Earshot Creative Review
0: Still to come, some important news Let's just check whether we have the music we need Because important news deserves nothing less than truly pompous news music still not quite right there so uh, last time inspired by the good work at Fun Kids and Jack FM we invited you to enter our competition for the best use of a cow moo in a piece of radio production and we were inundated with entries Quite surprisingly. Now it would be impossible to play them all, and believe me, you wouldn't want me to play them all. But before we hear the winning entry, here are just a few that stood out. Please don't stop them. (laughs) Keep listening
1: for Daisy the Caribbean Cole. Coming soon.
0: (laughs) Town 102. Now this is Town 102's. Caribbean
1: Cow competition. Tone 102's Caribbean Cow is coming. When you hear Daisy's sweet music, get on the phone to win seven nights in the Caribbean. Fly to the luxurious Windjammer Landing Villa Resort, overlooking the blue Atlantic Ocean. Indulge in the finest the Caribbean has to offer. The Caribbean Cow on Tone 102 is Patmore Water Softeners. Banish hard water and lime scale forever. Fly as <laughs> an other one. <laughs> hey, I'm here awake.
2: Keep listening for Daisy, the Caribbean call. Tone 102.
0: So, uh, Tyndall Group's Ipswich Station created a complete competition structure with pre-promos, break-entry teasers, uh, a complete structure there, with a great prize, too. The voices are Dave Kelly and Trevor Jones of Aswad. I don't know how they got him. Uh, production by Dave James at Town 102. Very nice work. Come with me to the Caribbean. Listen for the call. Town 102. Uh, Next, to Cornwall, where Tim Lee at Atlantic FM created a Cowie Entertainment feature. Face the music on Atlantic FM.
1: With Cornwall Farmers, your local country stores throughout Cornwall.
0: Face the music. I particularly uh, like the relevance of the sponsor in there. Good, good, good. Uh, BBC Radio Suffolk's Dog Day. Uh, Well, that sounds like an unlikely opportunity for cow exploitation. Uh, Until we hear this. My dog's called Rover, and he's good at barking. My dog's called Rex, and he's good at swimming. My dog's called Killer, and he's good at. Microphones. If you prefer your canines a little better behaved, we've got a great day out for you next Sunday at Helmingham Hall. It's a dog show, so there'll be lots of dogs being shown. But there's also fun-packed activities, stalls, refreshments and entertainment, all raising funds for the Suffolk Foundation. And our very own hound dog, Rob Dunger, will be right there, sporting a lovely shiny coat with BBC Radio Suffolk written on the back. Incidentally, my dog's called Dixie, and she's good, at Impressions. <laughs> the <laughs> Suffolk <laughs> Daga Day, next Sunday from 10:30. For details, search online for Helmingham Hall. Producer Jim Bowman uh, kept us all waiting for the twist in the tail there. Nice gag, though. Uh, when, did,
2: when did BBC Radio Suffolk go, go uh,
0: commercial? That's a brilliant commercial. There's a, there's a certain BBC local radio voiceover style, isn't there? It's kind of universal enthusiasm for just about anything that happens. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Jim. Uh, but the winner, as judged on a farm, uh, comes from Holland, the official cow country. Short and sweet, here it is. If cows could sing... They'd do it to Q103. (laughs) That's a superb idea, neat, no fuss production, so congratulations to Ivo Baldevinch for that. Uh, Here's what Ivo says about it.
2: I tried to visualise something that would spark a, a, a view of the cows. People automatically think of a cow and see the cow singing that, that, that was the important thing we do have a lot of cows in Holland we love them in Holland
1: I just don't think there are enough cows in radio full stop actually <laughs>
0: I work with
1: one. (laughs) And you can read about that online afterwards.
0: (laughs) Hey, listen, thanks to everyone who entered. Uh, We'll have another competition in the future, I promise you that. And uh, a side of beef goes to Ivo Baldevinch in the Netherlands for that winning entry. Well done. Many
2: congratulations.
0: Well, thank you very much. If cows could sing... (laughs) They'd do it to Q103. It's the Earshot Creative Review. I'm Steve Martin. Thanks for joining us again this month. David Couch is with us from Maple Street Studios and radio futurologist James Cridland. And at this point we have some important news. Uh, So what we really need is something to reflect the true importance of that news, the seriousness of the issues at stake and what it means for society at large. Perfect (laughs) So the news is that from September The Earshot Creative Review uh, Will have a sponsor We will be sponsored And our sponsor will be the artist agency Hobsons So it's great to have Hobsons supporting what we're doing here And their involvement will ensure we can do some really uh, Interesting things uh, in the months uh, ahead So more on that next time But I wanted you to be the first to know Earshot Creative Review sponsored by Hobsons From September Brilliant So let's talk about things we've heard on the radio in the last few days. David. Okie dokie.
1: Well, I suppose I could have brought some content along outside of commercials. I didn't really think of that. But uh, what I have brought along are two examples of really, really good radio ads. And uh, let's just play the first one, then we can talk about it. Nice day, bit warmer than it looked. Car turning right, car turning right. Ambulance! 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 Go on now.
2: Zebra crossing.
0: Bus! Bus! Roundabout. Check mirror.
1: Pedestrian. Nice coat. White van! Another white band. Cyclist. The more you look out for something, the more obvious it becomes. Look out for cyclists. I like everything about that campaign. To give them credit, that's written by Kit and Tom at uh, WCRS. And I just think the writing of it, the casting of it, the production of it, and it takes you much like some of our earlier cow <laughs> Cow production. Uh, no. It takes you on a journey. You have no idea where it's going. I mean, first time I heard that, and you know, I get pretty desensitised to radio ads. And the first time I heard that, I, I you know, was actually, oh, where's this going? Where's this going? Was oh, and the more you're hooked into it, the, the greater the payoff is. And I just thought that was a fantastic piece of uh, creative.
0: I was going to say the same, but only about the first time you heard it. Does it work on repeated plays?
1: Yeah, I actually have heard it a number of times, and I think I appreciated different things uh, second or third time. Uh, yeah, because, uh, because it's, it's just different, and it's one of those ads I don't think you would grow tired of. Even if you started not really appreciating all of it, the simple little bit at the end, that bit about things become more obvious when you look for them, look for cyclists, is such a simple, perfect, easy, memorable. Uh, piece of creative and I I think it's fantastic
2: The one thing in terms of um, does it get better the more you hear it I think again to come back to the importance of great ad planning in there is actually making sure that you don't hear it too often yeah. and actually making sure that you can make three or four different treatments of that make sure that it's heard enough time so that it really sinks in but continue to uh but continue to surprise people uh and to move people on and i i I'm continually surprised by the lack of any research that I've ever seen which shows the maximum amount of times that people can actually hear a piece of creative. We all know that the minimum t- um, amount of times is allegedly three. Um, the maximum amount of times, you know, there is so little research in that. And that, that's what I'm quite interested in
0: actually, in actually finding out. But yeah, I mean, a great, a great, great piece of, uh, great piece of audio. If you're a media buyer or media planner and you can help us fill in that gap, then please do. We'd love to hear from you here at the Earshot Creative Review. And David, you brought something along which I think is going to be a delight for anyone who's ever done audio editing.
1: Yeah, when I heard this, I had to laugh. You know, we often joke when we're messing around with, with production engineers... About how easy it is to sometimes create an idea, but how impractical the actual delivery is. You know, if I'm wanting to wind up a a good studio engineer, I'll write something like Sound Effect Dog Thinking. You know, (laughs) impossible. You know, how do we do these things? And somebody at at DDB, uh, Mike and Rob actually, had this idea. And let me just read to you what it says in the top of the script. In this ad, We would take clips from Barack Obama's speeches and edit them together to make a message for QuickFit. Good idea. And I, as a copywriter, I think, yeah, if I was a production engineer, I'd get that and go, how the heck am I going to make that work? Well, here's how they made it
0: work. My fellow citizens, I've come here today to talk to you about something happening of huge importance. Tyres? Yes. Tyres. We must make sure we have correct tire pressure by keeping our tires inflated. Of course, citizens should have the right to access free regular tire inspections. Or, if required, we must ask for change. Tire change. All this quick fit can do. All this quick fit will do. Quick fit. You'll be amazed at what we do. Thank you.
2: (laughs)
1: Now, James, you're a man with a uh, with a good copywriting and production history. Did you think if you'd written that idea that someone could have brought it to life as good that as that? Is,
2: that is genius. That yeah. is real, real genius. I mean, I'm not quite sure how, how much Obama has wanted for that. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but what I like about it so much is that he's clearly not Obama... Um, it's clearly not him selling QuickFit. It's clearly QuickFit editing together lots and lots and lots of Obama speeches yeah, yeah, in a really yeah. damn clever way. Yeah, very very, very clever. It, really, I, that's that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And I assume
1: actually I should I didn't check the legality because they're all speeches. It must be open public domain. That's a speech
0: even if there was a legal challenge, it's worth just getting it on air, <laughs> <It's> isn't it? <laughs> Get it in the award cycle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. James, what have you heard on the radio?
2: My day job at the moment, I'm working for three large commercial radio uh, companies, but also working for um, Pure, the, the folks that make uh, very good internet radios. And um, No
1: product placement here, ladies no, and gentlemen. No product placement. Where,
2: where, by the way, you can also listen to the Earshot uh, Creative yes. uh, Review yeah. podcast. Just yes. search for Earshot. Um and so I listen to an awful lot of radio from around the world. So two, two radio stations that you should really go and, um, and uh, have a listen to. One of them is uh, Radio Jackie, which is from um, South London. It's a... I, I called it in a tweet that I made, I called it a 1980s local radio station. And I was being really, really complimentary. It's a, it's a really good local radio station. It's unashamedly local. It doesn't see there being anything wrong in being a local radio station. It talks about the area all the time. It talks about it in a wonderful, engaging way. It's a fantastic listen, actually. Radio Jackie. The other piece of radio that, that I heard was out of Hong Kong, one of the public service broadcast radio stations out there, RTHK Radio 3. Now, Radio 3 is kind of their equivalent of Radio 4 and a bit of Radio 2 in English. Um, and it's a weird and wonderful mix of some programmes from the World Service, some programmes from, um, you know, some, some uh, homegrown news programmes, some programmes which are frankly a bit like David, David Hamilton playing songs. Um, and it's a wonderful mix for a, again, a very small community, a very small area where you really get a real feel... And I think that's the difference between some of the different radio stations that we, that we get now. You get radio stations which are local, which are for a specific community, whether it's a community of common interest or a community in terms of a geographical area. And then you get radio stations that play ten great songs in a row every hour all day. And I worry about the future of ten great songs in a row, but I don't worry about um, really good local content like that at all.
1: Oh, I agree, I actually think that what's happening now with the uh, you know, nationalisation of brands regionalisation of radio stations now actually is a real opportunity for very good local radio if I, if I ran a small radio station in a town now where every other radio station that my people, my listeners could hear to was coming from London or going from Manchester I'd be out there you know, saying we're the only ones based here. You know, we'll ring us, ring the telephone at three o'clock in the morning. And we'll be the ones that'll answer it for you. This is, you know, I, I would get right back to the heart of localness, to being at that, you know, as tacky as it is, to being at the school fete, to being at the town events, to being at those things. I, I, I think that it's a great opportunity for radio to really
0: I was genuinely shocked by the number of entries we had for our Cowmoo Challenge uh, competition because I thought it was deeply tacky and people would not want to sink to that (laughs) level. But the truth is a lot of entries and all from outside the M25. And as you've heard, Really entertaining radio coming out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fun radio. Absolutely good fun radio. Well, like,
1: right last week, my mother made it into the local press because she's got 50 pen pals and the prices stamps are going up. In New Zealand, this is not in the United Kingdom. And, simp- and the amount of people that fa- had thrown away that newspaper because it's not really a newspaper people read who are then ringing up, wanting to get copies, asking my mum for a copy of it. You know, when people that you know in, or people that you've heard of or places that you know appear in you know in in your in media that you consume then you want to consume more of it you know, and that's the joy of
0: well, that is super. Thank you both very much. Next time, what's really going on at Radio 2 and 6 Music? Christopher Ray will be with us, telling us how it is from uh, his position at the production desk. And don't forget, we always love to hear what you're working on, so do send us your latest work, and we'll share it with the people who appreciate it the most, are the radio producers. Earshot at smartin.me is the email address. Earshot at smartin.me. Thank you, James. Thank you, David. You're welcome. Thank you. Links to your respective sites are at earshotcreative.com plus our thanks to Radio Beds for all the beds and stings we use in this podcast and thanks to you, as ever, for being within Earshot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.